Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Monday, September 12th, 2022. some point in all of our lives, there has probably been an emotional goodbye that you've said to someone where you knew you weren't going to see them again for a long time. And so you said goodbye. Maybe even there were tears involved. Uh, Although some of the most emotional goodbyes can be when you know, not only are you not going to see this person again for a long time, but you know, you will most likely never see this person again in this life. Uh, maybe you can think of somebody that you knew that was that was dying and you were able to spend time with them one more time. Uh, well, as we think through those emotional goodbyes, we see an emotional goodbye today in Acts chapter 20, as Paul says goodbye to the leaders, the elders of the church in Ephesus. We pick it up today reading Acts chapter 20, verses 4 through 38. Now, uh, as we look At this passage, we just finished reading the book of Romans. Uh, As we see Paul, he's still on his missionary journeys, and that's when we think he wrote the book of Romans. But now we're going to see kind of a sprint to the finish of the book of Acts. Uh, The last few chapters of Acts have been pretty choppy, as it's like, we'll read a little bit of Paul's travels, and then we'll read some of his epistles, and take some time to read some of those epistles. Well, now we're going to read all the way to the end of the book of Acts, which, spoiler alert, you know that's going to involve Paul being arrested and his eventual journey to Rome. But today we pick it up in chapter 20, verse 4, and uh, just the verse before that, just to remind you, a plot has been made against Paul, and so he's returning through Macedonia, and it refers to him going through Macedonia, coming through Philippi, and going to Troas, and then it relates this miracle that happened um, where Paul, he is speaking there, and it says he prolonged his speech until midnight. They were gathered together. He was teaching, and he just kept going for it. And there were many lamps in this upper room, and this one man is sitting in the window, and he sinks into a deep sleep, and he falls asleep, and he falls out of a third-story window, and he dies. So let that be just as an aside, a reminder, hey, don't fall asleep when the preacher's preaching. None of that now, right? Don't fall asleep while you're listening to revival from the Bible, and don't sit in any third-story windows while you listen to preaching. Uh, No, that's not the point of the story here. We do see a, a miracle performed as Paul goes down, takes him up in his arms, and I believe raises him from the dead, and they're comforted, and this miracle is happens there. But then we see Paul starting to work his way towards Jerusalem. And even in verse 16, it says, for Paul had decided to sail past Ephesus so that he might not have to spend time in Asia, for he was hastening to be at Jerusalem, if possible, on the day of Pentecost. So instead of going to Ephesus, he uh, comes to this place called Miletus and the elders of the church come to him. And really uh, from that verse, then in verse 18 down through verse 35, it is Paul speaking 
to them. And then it records them weeping and embracing, and it's a sad goodbye. Now, what is said in this sad goodbye? Uh, For one thing, this is a great passage for pastors and elders and leaders of churches to study because it is a charge uh, to them. But also there's things that every Christian can learn. What should a healthy church look like? What are the things that we should care that we should all care about. And one thing that comes across very clearly in this letter is the importance of proclaiming the truth. And that is what Paul said that he did, how he he set his time there serving the Lord, uh, and really how he, in verse 20, did not shrink from declaring to them anything that was profitable. He says, in teaching you in public and from house to house, testifying both to Jews and to Greeks of repentance toward God and of faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. So there we see Paul summarizing really the response to the gospel, repentance and faith. And that was a message that he was committed to making known. And that, I hope, is a message that you are committed to making known. I hope that is a message that your church is committed to making known. We need to repent. We need to turn from our sin toward God. And we need to put our faith in uh, our Lord Jesus Christ, the one who died and rose again for us. And some of what he goes on to warn them about is that there will be uh, false teachers. Verse 30, and from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. So there, I think it really is talking about doctrine and teaching, and we need to teach what is true. We need to call people to repentance and faith, and we need to beware of those that will come in and try to twist those things. Uh, Those are things that you should be on the lookout for. Those are the things your church and the leaders of your church should be on the lookout for. Uh, Another thing that we see that's demonstrated in this and all throughout uh, really Paul's letters, we'll see this even in Philippians. We just saw this uh, in what we studied this last weekend. Uh, Paul was willing to suffer. Even in verse 19, it says, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and with trials that happened to me through the plots of the Jews. So it wasn't, you know, hey, I'm just strolling through and hey, guys, here's the gospel. What do you think? No, it's there's trials, there's plots against him. And he says in verse 24, but I do not account my life of any value nor as precious to myself. It wasn't about his life. It wasn't about his comfort. He was willing to suffer. His goal was, if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And so he's willing to suffer. Because he, he's not aiming for retirement by a certain age. He's not aiming for a certain uh, amount of wealth. He just wants to serve Christ. And then in verse 24, he makes clear, or sorry, verse 25, he says that he knows that none of them will see his face again. So there's that sorrowful news. Uh, but also you see in this, there's a, a generosity that Paul had and a willingness to work hard. He talks about how he didn't covet anyone's gold or silver or apparel. And he says, you yourselves know that these hands ministered to my necessities and to those who were with me. I worked to, to earn my own way. And he's not mad about that. He's generous. He says, in all things, I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of our, the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. So Paul is willing to suffer and he's not mad about it. He's not, oh, well, I'm suffering for these people. No, 
He's willing to because he knows it's better to give than to receive. He's working saying, man, these people really should be paying me if they thought about all I was doing for ministry. He's like, you know, they don't get that yet. All work and I'm not going to be mad about it. I am going to serve them joyfully because it is better to give than to receive. And also he is confident in God, even though there's things to be concerned about. Wolves are going to come in and, and seek to destroy the flock. He, he says in verse 32, and now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. So there we see uh, he, he is confident ultimately in God. So I hope those are things that minister to you from that emotional goodbye, that you would care about the proclamation of the truth, that you would have a willingness to suffer, that you would be generous and willing to work hard for the sake of other people, and that ultimately you would be confident in God. And now as we go to the Old Testament today, we're looking at 2 Kings 15 and 2 Chronicles 26. And as we look at these passages, we read about this king named Azariah. And he's also known, or maybe you see him in 2 Chronicles, as King Uzziah. So different ways to refer to his name, but you're probably most familiar with the idea in the year that King Uzziah died, somebody saw the Lord seated on a throne. That's Isaiah. So as we get here towards the end, the later stages of some of these kingdoms, we are now going to look at some of the prophetic books like Isaiah, uh, like um, some of the minor prophets. So uh, from here on out, we're nearing the end really of the history. So get ready for the rest of this year. We'll be spending a lot of time looking at the prophetic books of the Old Testament. But you see King Uzziah, you see for the most part, he was a good king, but you see this sad statement in 2 Chronicles 26, 16, which says, but when he was strong, he grew proud to his destruction. For he was unfaithful to the Lord his God and entered the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. And then you see how the priests stand against him and he becomes a leper in that moment. But again, notice the words there in that first verse of that section, verse 16, when he was strong, he grew proud. Ooh, I let that be a warning to you this Monday. When we are strong, when things go well, when we have successes, when we have accomplishments sometimes, that is when pride can strike. And we must always strive to remember that we have nothing that we can claim without the grace of God. There is no success or accomplishment in our life that we do not owe to our Savior and to our God. So if you're feeling strong this Monday, hey, that might be good on some levels, but watch out. Don't let your heart become proud. And as we look now, in Second Kings, you see it refers there to King Azariah. Again, it doesn't go into as much depth, although it does refer to him as a leper. But then you see that we cover a lot of different kings of Israel today. Uh, Zechariah, Shalom, Menahem, Pekiah, and Pekah. 
And as you look at all of these kings, it seems like things are picking up steam. And yes, the end of the kingdom of Israel is near. And so that helps us set the stage for what we'll be getting into for the rest of the week, looking at these prophetic books, which are coming. And we'll try to note their context, some focusing more on the southern kingdom, some focusing more on the northern kingdom. But as we get into these latter days of the kingdom, we now see the prophets bringing their messages from God. And hopefully you understand how now this is all coming in because we're getting close to the end and closer and closer to exile. Uh, But as we are starting a new week together, may we remain reliant on the Lord, humble, and may we remember those things from that tearful goodbye in Acts 20 caring about the proclamation of the truth, willing to suffer, generous and willing to work hard and confident in God. I hope our hearts are refreshed in those things uh, today. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.